and welcome back in another episode of the Wobcast 2.0. It's yours truly, Wobby, coming to you right after Super Bowl 58 as Vikings fans and NFL fans get paid with a classic in the Super Bowl to wrap up the 2023-2024 season. And we start to fully turn the page and look ahead to the 2024 season uh, for the Minnesota Vikings and the rest of the National Football League. So a fun game to break down and talk about, um, as I'm sure most of you enjoyed watching it. And to help me do that, as well as to look ahead to what's to come uh, in, in the offseason here in the coming weeks and months for the Minnesota Vikings, to help me do that is my partner and co-host, Giles. We bring him in right now. Hey, partner, how are we doing? Hey, hey, happy Monday. Happy best day of the week. Uh, although it is truly the best day of the week, I think there's a lot of people in the Chiefs kingdom that are disappointed. Uh, not because they didn't win the Super Bowl, because Taylor Swift did not leave the building with a ring on her finger. I know a lot of people were really hoping for it. So, you know, I apologize yeah. to all those people. But hey, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They've proven uh, once again that you cannot truly bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, personally, I was rooting for the Niners and they put up a great fight. But yeah, uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They win 25 to 22 in overtime over the Niners, Giles. And I was, uh, we had sort of like a, it's not the end of the season for, uh, my son's basketball team, who, which I'm, uh, I'm an assistant coach on it, but we had like our end of the season party, um, yeah. yesterday afternoon before <laughs> the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, so a bunch of us were obviously standing around talking about the game and like who, you know, who, who are you betting on? Who you think is going to win? And I mean, I was just, just proverbial riding the fence guy. I just, I don't know, you know, and, and we struggled on the, on the last Wobcast 2.0 predicting who we thought would win. We thought it was going to be a good game, felt yeah. wrong to pick against Kansas city, but we felt like San Francisco's roster was better, mm-hmm. you know? So we're talking about this at, at the basketball party. And I said, I guess, you know, look at it this way. Five years from now, do you want to say, Hey, remember when, uh, Patrick Mahomes was an underdog in the Super Bowl and we didn't take him. You know, like, no, you don't want to say that. It's like, how? <laughs> it's like this guy won three Super Bowls in five years and on the third one, you bet against him when he was an underdog. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, when you look at it from that yeah. standpoint, it's like, how could yep. you possibly bet against him? And yeah. Patrick Mahomes certainly shows up rallying the Chiefs in the second half and overtime after a slow start. He ends up going 34 of 46 for 333 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He ran for 66 yards, had a great drive in overtime to win the game with his team trailing after the defense uh, forced a field goal out of San Francisco. So just a great performance. The stuff that legends are made out of from, mm-hmm. from Patrick Mahomes. Can't say enough about Andy Reid. Um and you wonder, you know, we like to, you know, none of us around here like the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And I know the Eagles got their Super Bowl after they let Andy Reid go. But the what, I mean, you got to wonder if the Eagles regret, you know, moving on from Andy Reid. Maybe that's water under the bridge by now. But how about Andy Reid and what he's done in Kansas City since going there? And, um, you know, love him or hate him or somewhere in between, you can't really do anything but have a great amount of respect and admiration for what the Chiefs have done. A hundred percent. And I think at this point, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion to say that Andy Reid has stolen the title of best coach of all time from Bill Belichick. Yeah, uh, I truly believe that he has proven that he can go toe to toe with the best and win. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, and I'm, that's me coming from a, a, a guy that loves Kyle Shanahan. He's probably my favorite coach in the NFL. Uh, he really is. I think he is the most studious, the most prepared, one of the most creative, dynamic head coaches that people respect. But I mean, come on, it's Andy Reid. He has proven time and time again that he knows how to make it happen. Now, yep. that's where it's truly a marriage between the quarterback and the coach, right? You can't have one without the other. They've proven that with Belichick and Brady. But at the end of the day, they have formed a dynasty now and they're the team to beat. And I mean, they talked about it a lot last night, but can they go for three? Three Super Bowls in a row. It's never been done before. Is there a chance that this happens? Now, unfortunately, I, I don't think that's what uh, Kyle Shanahan was looking to to hear on a Monday morning after the Super Bowl, yeah. right? Hearing a three-peat for the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, I really feel bad for Kyle because I'm a huge fan of him. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Niners. They have a great roster. They've done a lot of great things, have a lot of great talent. But at this yeah. point, I don't know. You might You might even realize this late last night. But this is now the third Super Bowl in a row for Kyle Shanahan in which he has blown a double-digit lead uh, and lost. Man, I hate that. That's a him. rough stat. Yeah, I that's hate a rough that stat for him. Yep, he's a really easy guy to like, but I just I hate that for him, man. That's tough. Um, you know, because I don't think he is. I don't think he's in over his head. I don't think he's. You know anything bad i think he's great at what he does <laughs> you know and he comes yep. from a a football family and his dad was a, a very good coach a super bowl winning coach so that's tough it's tough to see him have to wear that uh but his story's not written he's got a long way to go i think mm -hmm. and you know as great as the situation is in kansas city and they have clearly proven they are superior to san francisco by beating them uh twice in super bowls when you look at just the window and the overall position, you know, San Francisco is much younger, much earlier on in their career arc than the chiefs are. So mm -hmm. you absolutely give San Francisco more than a great chance of, of being back there. So Kyle Shanahan can start to shed that um, mm -hmm. sort of that, that stigma. Uh, but that certainly is the stigma right now on him. And, and it's too bad. Um, I kind of want to spin this forward to the Vikings and how, how is all of this relevant to the Vikings? And I have a way we're going to do that, but I just wanted to get to one thing quickly on the, on Super Bowl 58 um, from a, 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 a gambling standpoint. Mm. Um, I thought it was interesting. I don't know the figures and the numbers and the finality. And I do believe that, you know, the casino always wins. The house always wins uh, when it comes to gambling. But I have to think that in, on the scale, on the spectrum of the casino winning or the sports book winning, I think this has to be one of the more modest Super Bowls. If not, I don't know if they lost money or not, but certainly on the modest end, if you think the game went to overtime and the, I believe the odds on that were 11 to 1. So anyone who gambled that the game would go to overtime got paid 11 to 1 on that bet. So that probably is a stinger for the books. The game ended up going over the final line. The final line was 46 and a half, and it ended at 47. So <laughs> everyone who, who took, you know, over 47, or if it was at 47 and a half, they, they didn't get paid there. But anyone who was over the final line of 46 and a half got paid because of overtime. The Chiefs won the game, and there was more money on the Chiefs than on the Niners, I, I believe. McCaffrey scored a touchdown. So from a player prop standpoint, the books took a hit there. They got lucky that Kelsey didn't because that was the most popular one. And then mm -hmm. Mahomes was the MVP, and I have to imagine he was one of, the, one of the more popular MVP picks. So I think the books had to pay out quite a bit. 
um, relative to how they usually have to pay out. Um, so I thought that was sort of an, and it all sort of turned in the second half because that was a low scoring, low productivity game through halftime, right? So, mm -hmm. which is very good typically for books. And then as you mentioned before we started recording gals, it was definitely a tale of two halves. The Super Bowl was, and I guess in a way it was perfect because if you're one of those old schoolers who doesn't want it ever to be too easy, um, and points should be at a premium, especially in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, you got paid in the first half, right? But if you love the action and the sensationalistic nature of things, you got paid in the second half with with uh, an overtime to boot. So I thought it was a great, from a viewing experience, a user experience, it was an awesome Super Bowl. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I'm a little bit more on the other half uh, or the other side of the fence when it comes to offense. So that was yeah. that was something I was going to eat up all day long. Uh, like to see the the ball flying around the field. I like to be on the edge of my seat, uh, mini heart attack every time we watch it. But yeah. ultimately, that was a phenomenal Super Bowl. That's exactly what you want in, in a game to watch for the finality. Because uh, truly, although teams that win would much rather like this, but I don't like te uh, Super Bowls that are lopsided. I want it yeah. to be competitive. I like it going down to the, the wire because although I'm guessing the Niners won't admit this this morning, but I think they would have much rather lost in that fashion than to have gotten completely blown out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, as a competitor, that's how I would feel. And that doesn't mean yeah. that's how every competitor feels. But, um, you know, getting blown out is the worst. Uh, of course, you know, having the floor, you know, pulled from underneath you and all of that is, is tough as well. But, um you know, what a what a great game. Awesome competition. Very high level of play. Uh, the quarterback showed up. Um, the coaches showed up. Um, you hate seeing some of the injuries that you saw, especially Drake Greenlaw going down the way he went down. Big, big bummer. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, pretty awesome game. Now, Super Bowl 59 is in New Orleans at the Caesars Superdome, February yeah. 9th, 2025. So let's spin this to the Vikings, Giles. When I look at that and say, how is this relevant to the Vikings? I look at the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes dynamic mm -hmm. and how can you get there? Now, of course, Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as an all-timer. So it's very difficult to ask or expect that your franchise is going to find an all-timer or a Hall of Famer. But just that dynamic of how they found him, they, they, they loved him for a couple. Everyone knows the story, and if you don't, the Chiefs knew about Mahomes and loved Mahomes well before he was draft eligible. You know, and they they would see him on film when they're getting ready for other Texas Tech players in drafts preceding the Mahomes draft, and they loved him. And Andy Reid and the scouts would be like, "How about that Mahomes kid? How about that? Would you see this throw? Did you see this throw?" And then he becomes draft eligible, and they make a big trade to go up and get him, and he sits for a year. But they knew watching him in scout team that he was going to be a great player, and Alex Smith leaves, and they go to Mahomes, and the rest is history. So is, I think, the big question, Giles, for me, spinning this to the Vikings is, is this a draft where O'Connell can get his Mahomes, where you know Reed got his Mahomes, can O'Connell get his quarterback? And it'll be interesting to see if, if the Vikings go down that route and if they do go down that route, if they execute well on it. Um, that's yeah. how I spin this Super Bowl forward to be relevant for the Vikings. And I think uh, both you and I are completely aligned on the fact that we're trying to go chase a championship. We want to go win a Super Bowl. Now, I think we've oscillated back and forth on our love and hate for Kirk Cousins on the things that he wor works well at and the things that he doesn't do well at. But I think last night was a clear testament that 
you have to have pretty strong quarterback play to ever even want to consider a dance for the Super Bowl. Like yeah. if if Mahomes is going to be there every year, at least in the dance, you could have a pretty strong option at quarterback because I'm I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy and he still couldn't get it done. Now, obviously, yep. there's shoulda, woulda, couldas, and uh, you tweak three different plays and there's a different outcome that will always yep. be the case. Uh, but I think it definitely goes to show you need amazing quarterback play to ever go there. And I think it's whether or not you think you can go get a guy in the in the draft this year. And if you feel like you can't, I'm actually an advocate that you don't. Don't take the don't pull the trigger if you don't like the people. Go find a guy that you've been you've been rooting for and then go get him. I don't care about giving up the farm as long as he's the guy you want. I don't want another Christian Ponder scenario necessarily right. where we know we need a quarterback. I don't like Ponder, but we need one, so let's just pull the trigger. Right. And let's yeah. let's not go down that route. Let's let's go down the, the path of of finding the player that you want. If that means you have to take a year to go find him, that's fine. Now yep. I will say I'm going to New Orleans on Monday. Uh, you know, maybe or maybe not meeting up with the Super Bowl committee team. Maybe we'll, we'll see if we can bump into each other. I know yep. they start planning things uh, a year in advance, right? So much oh, yeah. like the Super Bowl committee planning things for New Orleans, I really hope that Kevin O'Connell and Quazy are thinking a year out. Like, if this is not the guy, what's the next guy? I, I assume they have that answer, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Well, you have to bring a time capsule with you and bury it, and then we can unearth it when we're in New Orleans next year watching the Vikings in the Super Bowl, right? Okay. There um, we go. Let's do it. I like it. Yeah. To the Super um, Bowl, we go. I, I think the the Niners are actually a testament to what you're saying, Giles. Now, they didn't go out and go get Brock Purdy. Like, they didn't wait for Brock Purdy to come along and go get him. They stumbled on Brock Purdy. Let's be honest about mm-hmm. that. But. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy ended up being the guy, and he was really the last. When it when it comes to the like the nuts and bolts of this Niners roster that got them to the Super Bowl, I mean Purdy was like the last one on the ship, right? I mean, every everything else was in place. They had a great offensive line. They had a really good defense. They had playmakers. They had George Kittle. They you know like Purdy was one of the last ones to get there. You know, I guess McCaffrey too, which is a, a significant piece. But so yeah, um. I agree with you. If you don't feel that guy is in this draft, don't reach for one. Get the other pieces because you need mm-hmm. those too and, and mm-hmm. wait for the quarterback. And I'm not saying Cousins can't be the one to take them there. Maybe he can be. But I'm talking about, again, this is a very high ceiling to reach for, but using the Chiefs as the example, go, you know, winning three Super Bowls in five years, I mean, even the biggest Kirk Cousins proponent wouldn't suggest that that's where Cousins is in his career arc. You know, Cousins is in the year by year, you're, you know, you're a higher gun phase of his career now. Every team is looking for that guy who can get them to the playoffs, you know, six times in the next eight years and get to a couple Super Bowls. And I think that's, that's what I, that's how I spin this forward to be relevant for the Vikings is, is this the draft where they can find that guy? And if it's not, what pieces can they add so that when they do find that guy, he's coming into the right situation? And it'll be fun to talk about that uh, in the buildup to the 2024 NFL draft. And in fact, a key part of that process is the NFL scouting combine, which is the next big event on the NFL calendar. Now that the Super Bowl is behind us, everyone in the league turns the page to 2024. And the first big event, tentpole event on the calendar is the combine. So we'll have much to discuss about the draft and the buildup to the combine during the combine. And then, of course, after the combine until the draft unfolds uh, later in the spring. So that'll all be fun to talk about. And that'll constitute a lot of the content that uh, we produce here at the Wobcast 2.0 as we look and see if the Vikings can find their quarterback of the future. And if not, who else they can, uh, what other pieces to the puzzle they can add. 
I think part of the process too, guys, that we're going to go through and, and when it comes to a content creation standpoint and um, when it comes to figuring out how we think the Vikings can take the next step is reviewing each position group on the Vikings roster. And we've decided that's a sort of a project that we're going to tackle. Looking forward to doing that um, here and posting those episodes um, in the next few months. So uh, an exercise that we're both looking forward to um, breaking down those position groups and seeing where and how the Vikings can get better. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And so honestly, one of my most enviable times of the year is when we get to evaluate what work, what work did, what didn't, and how do we get yeah. better? Because I'm, uh, I'm a hater of the philosophy of, of people that just say, try harder, do better. And they throw a lot of generic terms that a lot of people like straighten up about, but really don't mean anything. I like to get nitty gritty and let's talk about what actually worked, what didn't. There's a chance that Nothing worked and we need to completely overhaul a position group. But let's talk about it. How do we actually achieve success here? Because I think far too often NFL fans just look at a team and say, well, the quarterback did great. So the team is great. Well, there's a chance that there's a lot of deficiencies that happen. You just didn't really look at it. I think the 49ers are a brilliant example in the Super Bowl. I think their offensive line didn't play very well, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. I think there was a lot of scenarios where their offense was built in a very specific way. And there's a lot of times that the offensive line fell short and that caused the entire t- uh, uh, play schematic to, to fall apart. And yeah. Brock Purdy had to throw things away at a, at a key moment. And I don't think that's a Brock Purdy thing. I think that was an offensive line thing. So the point is, I think the, the 49ers played great, but their offensive line didn't necessarily do great in that game. So all that to say, evaluating the uh, specific position groups for the Minnesota Vikings, I think is a valuable exercise. And it really helped evaluate and look at the entire men in purple and the entire organization from a logical eye on what truly went well last year, because I think there's a lot of bright spots that a lot of people are overlooking and a lot of things that maybe we need to do better at. And let's put together a game plan of what we think we should do in order to actually go chase a championship in a true form in 2024. So I'm excited for it. I am too. And then we'll have, you know, what we think they should do or what we think will happen. And then we'll get to react to what actually does happen. Right. And compare those things. And it's just, it's a long form conversation throughout the off season and really is a, an emulation of what happens inside the walls of a team facility. This is what the team does um, Mm -hmm. as well. So it'll be really fun. So we'll, we'll start that this week. Uh, Giles and I will record again uh, later this week, and, and we'll be talking running back slash fullback room for the Minnesota Vikings, and we'll continue that into next week and the weeks beyond as we go through each position group, evaluate what worked, what didn't, schematically what we liked and didn't like. We'll grade that position group on a scale uh, that'll be the same for every uh, every group, and then we'll look at where and how they can improve personnel-wise, schematically, coaching-wise, compared to the rest of the league. Where are we falling short? Uh, where are we achieving at a high level? And and how does it all fit into the bigger the bigger goal of um, getting to the playoffs and ultimately winning the Super Bowl? So it'd be a really fun exercise for us to do, and we're going to kick it off later this week. So um, make sure you stay tuned um, for that episode later this week. Um, more Wobcast 2.0 content coming for you guys. The season is over, uh, but we're not winding down on the content. We're looking forward to producing more and more of it for you guys. Um, that's really it for for today, Giles. Anything left though in your notebook here to to uh, discuss before we uh, sign off for now? 
No, pour one out for the 2023 season. Yes. Uh, tip our hat. It's exciting to move <laughs> forward in the next one. Uh, you know, just because something is ending doesn't mean it's sad. We get to get excited for the next season. That's the best part about football. Even if you can't make it happen one season, it starts right back up again. Uh, the NFL is brilliant at keeping things alive all throughout yes. the year. So really excited to see what we can do for 2024. Um, as a Minnesota Viking fan and a general football fan, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. We're 14 days away from the combine. I think maybe you and I should book a uh, trip to Indy, get under Luke. Lucas Oil mm. Stadium, get a little insider idea. action. Um, I'd be down for it, so hey, let's make it happen. I've been there before. I can show you the way. I know, I know the go. ropes <laughs> around there. It's, that's a fun time to go down there. It's like, you know, you go to conventions all the time, Giles, for work, and so do a lot of people listening. I mean, it's an NFL convention there. I mean, it's, oh my goodness. Co- you know, yeah. it's coaches, scouts, GMs, owners, media. About the only thing not there is current players. Other than that, it is where the NFL universe is. Uh, moves to for a week, uh, the middle mm-hmm. of the country, Indianapolis, Indiana, which is a very underrated place when it comes to conferences and trade shows and all of that. They do a great job there. Um, yep. A fun city to go to. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think we talked maybe last episode or two ago about you got to get to the Hall of Fame, got to get to Canton someday. And I do yep. stand by that. Indianapolis, Indiana, around the time of the scouting combine, I'm putting it up there. That would be a, yeah. if you're a, if you're an NFL person, you just love it. You can't get enough of it. I mean, seriously, go go to Indianapolis during the combine, whether you get in or not. You walk around town for you're gonna you're gonna run into people. You're running into Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. No no joke. You're running into mm-hmm. you know Quezzy. You're running into John Lynch. Um, they're all yeah. there. You know, and yep. uh, you know you're running into Peter King and Mike Florio and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a fun time and, uh, and very content rich. So, um, if we get to the point guys where we have a big budget and we're balling on a budget, maybe we do end up going down there sometime. That'd be pretty fun. So, Hey, just remember I pay for stuff. That's my shtick. Let's make it happen. <laughs> That's right. You certainly do. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. All right. Thanks partner. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. That's it for this episode of the Wobcast 2.0. As we mentioned before, lots more content coming as we continue to bring you regular episodes of the Wobcast 2.0 and special ones as we break down every position group on the Vikings roster and look ahead to what will be an exciting offseason for the Minnesota Vikings. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow the Wobcast 2.0 wherever you do that to all your other favorite football content and podcasts, Apple play uh, google play apple podcast spotify and, and all the other places social media and then uh, also on youtube you can catch us there if you're not doing so already so on behalf of my partner and co-host giles this is wabi signing off for now until next time skull vikings